Welcome to the Veterans Club Podcast, a production where veterans and community meet and thrive. We talk with veterans about their life and military service and to veterans organizations about their community service efforts. We've joined forces with the Baby Boomers Radio Network to help increase the reach of veterans and their heart for service. With your help sharing these episodes, we can reach more people and change more lives. Thank you for tuning in. And thank you to our veterans for their service to country and community. The Veterans Club is brought to you through the generosity of our sponsors and advertisers. Please visit www.theveteransclub.org and thank those companies who have contributed to making this program work. Mark your calendar Thursday, October 13th, 2022 from 11 a.m. until 2 p.m. for the Veterans Virtual Job Fair. For veterans who are looking for work, this virtual event includes a free virtual job fair in Spokane Valley, Washington on October 13, 2022, including hiring managers from local and national organizations on the hunt for top talent like you. As a job seeker, all you have to do is sign up, show up, and chat with key decision makers and get hired. The HireX virtual job fair allows you to interview virtually with employers through video, audio, and or text chat. Five days prior to the job fair, you will receive an email to view registered companies and available jobs. To save time, you can schedule an interview in advance and skip the line to speak with a hiring manager. Once the job fair begins, you will have three hours to speak with employers in attendance. Visit hireex.us slash jobfairs slash Washington slash Spokane Valley for more information. Mark your calendar Saturday, October 15th, 2022, 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Pacific time for the Veterans Stand Down. Stand Downs are open to all veterans located at the Salvation Army 222 East Indiana, Spokane, Washington. Stand Downs are open to all veterans and offered by VA and local community partners gathering together in one location in order to serve veterans with local community resources and services to help. In addition, Stand Downs offer veterans a health care checkup, hot meal, VA health care enrollment, and benefits advisors. Typically, events include haircuts, clothing repair, food assistance, important information on housing, job opportunities, and local businesses providing services to assist veterans. The events are always free and typically begin at 8 a.m. with a formal ceremony unless otherwise listed. Welcome to the Veterans Club. Thank you so much for tuning in. I've got a dear friend. Uh, you know, this is family-level friend with me in studio, and you'll learn more about why that is in just a few minutes. Bruce, thank you so much for taking some time to sit and talk with the Veterans Club today. It's my pleasure, Ed. So let's start off first with what branch of service were you in? What years did you serve? Well, I started out with the Idaho Army National Guard for two years from 1965 to 67. And then I transferred over to the Washington Air National Guard. And I served there from 67 to 71. So a total of six years. Okay. And what did you do in the military? Well... When I was in the Army National Guard, I got trained and I worked at being a uh, forward, no, 
a fire direction control for 155 howitzers. And I really enjoyed that. That was that was interesting. We worked with slide rules, and we were fi- figuring out uh, the amount of ammo that it, the amount of powder it took to get that shell over there, and 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 all that it was really interesting. And then when I went to Fort Ord to basic training a year and a half later, um, in the wisdom of the army, they decided to train me as a light wheel mechanic. Now, I'm not exactly sure how that all worked out, but, um, and that well, was, you know, ballistics and, and automobile mechanics. Uh, apparently. Yeah. yeah uh, so that was interesting. Related. Yeah. But I had some friends that were in the Air National Guard band and they were looking for a tenor saxophone player. And I went, well, I think I'd rather do that than be a light wheel mechanic. So I transferred over to the Air National Guard band. And I was there for four years, and it was wonderful. We had a great time. We would march in Seafair Parade in Seattle, and we'd go to Great Falls and do passing reviews in the Yakima firing range, and and uh, it was it was good duty. It, it was, was good duty, it and was. hence hence the reason why Bruce and I are like Ken because I was Army band, and you know, serving as a military musician is a truly unique. Field. First off, I, I bet many of the people listening don't even realize that there are full-time musicians in the military. C- can you talk a little bit about your understanding of what the job entailed and, and why the Air National Guard had a military band? Well, we were certainly a PR part of the military, and, and we were there to um, promote the image of the military. We were there to do pass and reviews when military folks got medals for different kinds of things. Um, I assume you did change of commands as well. We did. Yeah. 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 So um, that was kind of our thing. That was. Describe a little bit for the listeners what the traditional military band life is like. It, it's hard to put words to it because we're musicians and that just by its own nature is interesting. Um, we, of course, would have our practice times and, and we would travel uh, and, and do these different gigs. And one of the things that was kind of interesting about our Air National Guard band, it was the 560th Air Force Band but it was manned by National Guard people. So it was kind of a mixture of authorities. And uh, one of the things that made us kind of special was that at the time, the governor of Washington would have different social events, and there was a small group of our band that would be flown over and provide the music for that. The governor loved us, and that's good. Yes, because <laughs> if know, you know the National Guard is it's under the president, but we're really controlled by the governor of right, the state. Right. So, yeah. So it was it was good. You know, and, and a lot of folks would think, well, are you really in the military if you're playing in the band? Now, what what sort of military activities 
did your band perform? Did you did you go on maneuvers, bivouacs? Did you do any? No, we didn't have to do any of that. No. We were very fortunate. Yeah, we we didn't either. I just asked the question in case yeah. one day I run into somebody who really did have to. It uh, obviously when I was in the Army Guard, yes, we we bivouacked and we shot those big foul, those big howitzers, and which had to be fun into itself. It was, and they are amazing. One day they took us fire direction control guys and took us out to the forward observer point. Um, and that's the man up on the hill that tells you where to shoot the guns. And we could watch the projectile go over and we could watch it explode because most of them did off. Right, out of view. 50 feet off the ground to cover sure. the biggest, oh, yeah. you know. Uh, very interesting, very interesting. And I would have been very happy, I think, to stay in that position had they trained me yeah, for something to, other than to, light, light mechanic. <laughs> Real mechanic. That was so weird. So, now, but so, that's okay. You, you know, the military, they, they, they've got thousands of people that they have to try and put in positions. So it's understandable that yeah, it, somewhere along the way they had an opening for a light wheel mechanic and they didn't have any openings for a for a howitzer guy <laughs> well you know it, it was interesting when i got to permanent duty in frankfurt there were four or five uh fellow musicians that hadn't gone through the school of music they they were assigned to another unit but their preference was to play in the band mm -hmm. so their commander could let them go and and they were then temporarily attached to the third armored division band and I would imagine that ha that happened in your band as well. That's mm -hmm. it's kind of the way the military works. If they could find a place that makes you happier as a soldier, that you can serve the military, they want to put you there. Mm -hmm. So from the standpoint of getting into the band, there had to be some sort of qualifications. Did you have to audition? Did Was there training? What was involved in getting qualified for the... Air National Guard band in Washington. Well, because there was already five members of the band from Coeur d'Alene who I played with in high school, they knew that I could play. So they, we had a warrant officer was our commander, and they went to him and said, "We want this, we want this soldier to, to uh, be in the band." So went over and did an interview and and and. Uh, performed a little bit for him and and that's how i got in and and the air force they don't do any music school right not that i know of yeah because you know the the armed forces school of music in norfolk virginia in the 60s when you went it was in dc at the time uh that's just army navy and marines mm. air force has always done their thing separate mm -hmm. and as i understand it it's it's based on qualifications only i don't mm -hmm. believe there is an Air Force music school. I'm not, I'm uncertain. Yeah. Not, I don't know of one. So Let, Let's talk about the life in the military. Now, getting beyond the music, you're, you're a full-time military serviceman in, in the National Guard. What was, what was attractive? What was most attractive or most memorable 
about your military service. I'm focusing specifically on the four years that you were in the Washington Air National Guard. Looking back, I did a lot of growing up in the military because I was sort of a spoiled North Idaho brat. (laughs) And I found out through um, basic training at Fort Ord when I did that, that uh, life can be serious. And that uh, even though I turned out for football practice, that was nothing compared to basic training in the Army back in the 60s. Right. And like my drill sergeant said, I can't make you do anything, but I can make you really unhappy that you didn't. (laughs) Does that sound familiar? Sure does. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. He says, I can make your life really miserable. And they but, were really good at that. But what I found out was through through that eight weeks of basic training was that I was capable of way more than I thought I was, both physically and mentally. First, they, they break you down so that you will, when they tell you to do something, you just do it. You don't think about why you shouldn't, you know. And physically, man, yeah, it was it was brutal. So as as you are well aware, yeah, you know, I remember going through the process, and I was actually kind of excited about it. You know, here I had been a musician literally my whole life, professional musician. Joining the military for me was just to get college money. Mm. I, I had no prospect of college money. I wanted to go to college. I, I wasn't that good of a student good enough to get accepted but wasn't good enough to get funded yeah. and mom and dad weren't going to do that so military was my path to get that college mm-hmm. money but i knew the eight weeks of basic training was going to be very physical and rigorous but i was well, honestly i was kind of anticipatory of it and i enjoyed it i i enjoyed every day in basic really? training I yeah there was a couple of bad days but you know that was only because other people and they didn't have good days so they took it out on the little guy mm-hmm. and I was a little guy but <laughs> yeah yeah you know I was a band guy so yeah. um yeah now when you got into the band I'm going to shift get out of the Hallitzer time and shift back over to the Washington Air National Guard you talked about um change of commands and and um uh reviews parades what was your favorite activity and why back in the 60s along with the seafair parade in seattle which we marched um there was a military spectacular and it was in the big building for the world's fair that they had there and they had bands from all of army navy marines um, Canada, the the Queen's Pipe Band, and and that was well attended by the public, and that was really fun. That was interesting, uh, and we got to participate in that. I think we were the only National Guard band. Mm-hmm. All the rest were active military people, right? And they were all excellent. Oh. Uh, you know, I was always surprised that. You know, the musicians in the military are top notch. Yeah, they you are. Know, especially, you know, the ones who went through the school of music and the ones who didn't have to go through a school of music. 
they were creme de la creme. They mm-hmm. were some of the finest musicians that I've ever played with. Mm-hmm. I've played with tens of thousands of musicians in my life. And I, I have to say the most memorable ones were, were military musicians. And we felt it was a real honor to represent the military as, as honorably as we could. Sure. You know. If you had a chance to do it all over again, would you do anything different? And if so, why? Had uh, I wouldn't do it differently. However, if I would have had a civilian job that allowed me weekends, um, I probably would have stayed in the Air National Guard for my twenty. I enjoyed it. It was it was uh, rewarding. But when you work at a job that you only get two weekends a month off and one of them is your guard and you're married with kids, that kind of rubs the family a bit. So So I wasn't able to stay, but I would have, I think, had I been a, had the luxury of weekends off and. And the two-week summer camp was fun because it was just a f- uh, two or three days at a time fl- flying over and marching in this parade or doing this pass and review or, or you know. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. If you were advising a kid today, grandchild, a nephew, total stranger, doesn't matter, about uh, it, enlisting in the service, what advice would you give them? I'd give them the advice they should do it. And why is that? One of the things that I didn't give any thought to that I would really have explored had I thought of it would have been the Coast Guard. I think that it just didn't even dawn on me. It's a kind of an unheard of. Anyway, that's off subject. No, but, you know, it is interesting. It's, yeah. you know, same with Merchant Marines. Yeah, yeah. Now, there's a group, those merchant marines, they're out there supplying the Navy and, 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 they got no and the military, and they've got no weapons. Yeah. And they took brutal, brutal. Uh, so, yeah. so why would you advise the kid to serve? Well, I think it teaches you discipline. I think that it allows you to uh, get the GI Bill and... and and further your education at Uncle Sam's expensive expense. Um, it's character building. It really is. You know, you you grow up. You know, we are so spoiled here. You know, you know we really are. And I enjoy every minute of it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. But you should learn the rest of the world too. Well, you know, and that's a that's a great point. My next question here, I'm going to roll it into this. You know, my next question: How did your time in the military uh, help or hurt your uh, time as a civilian after the military? You know, but you talk about the uh, the growing up that we did in the military. You know, that was the, the the most anticipatory part of my service was getting out of the house, moving away from mom and dad. I left the state. I left the continent. 
Mm-hmm. And to me, those were the greatest three years of my life. Yeah. What What was the military development um, impact on your the rest of your life? Oh, I think it was huge. I I think that uh, just knowing that there's that that other. When you grow up in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho, you're privileged, and and life is fairly easy. And you find out that the world is not like that. Uh, a lot of the world is not like that. So uh, I got an appreciation for for where I am. And well, let let's talk. Let's go down this path here because there's a lot of veterans who struggle today because of their military service mm-hmm. and and they're 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 having some have a problems readjusting to civilian life some are are, are just lonely what sort of post military activities do you suggest veterans get involved in to keep them grounded in the lessons that they learned from the military I think it's probably the minority of the military people actually see combat. And those folks have a terrible time readjusting. And it's understandable. It's very understandable. For the clerks, for the band musicians, um, probably not that big of a transition, I don't think. What do you think? Well, no, I I do think that there's you know as life progresses, as the years advance, we've got friends who die, we've got um, well, mostly it's the friends who die. These people that we counted on, and no, it wasn't wartime, um, you know, and it was mostly all fun, but these are important people in our lives, and as they pass, we start to realize our own mortality we we start to struggle with loneliness many of many of the veterans if they've lost a spouse and they've lost all of their comrades in arms they struggle with loneliness they do but i think we all do yeah i belong to the post falls american legion and they have dinners and breakfasts and and they they bring together veterans who who talk about the military and and how that was and how important that was to them and and how they're how they're adjusting and how they're doing now yeah i I think some of that loneliness comes from these veterans not reaching out to these groups that could help them. And that's I'm glad you went there because it seems like in the younger generations, they weren't really raised on the idea of joining things. Now, they joined the military, they served their time, but they weren't raised, maybe they weren't raised in church, maybe they didn't do Boy Scouts, maybe they weren't joiners. I don't know what it is, but my millennial grandkids, none of them join anything. Too many distractions. Yeah, and when you look at the the American Legion, 
what percentage of your membership is under the age of 50? None. And, and, or very little. What, what would you say to the veteran who's 30 to 50 years old about joining an organization like the American Legion? Oh, I think they should. I think they should. Our era, the Vietnam era, um, was such a turning point for the nation as far as their appreciation for the military and what they do. And these veterans that that I grew up with, that are my age, go, I didn't want to forget about it. You know, the nation didn't appreciate it. They don't appreciate us. You know, coming back from Vietnam, our nation did not treat the veterans well at all. Mm-mm. And it that created... Uh, I will, I'll just call it a riff between those who donned the uniform and those who didn't. Looking at the way the troops from Afghanistan and Iraq were received today versus how you were received. I mean, you were stateside. You never mm-hmm. went to theater. Correct. But you saw what was happening. Mm-hmm. What was the difference in... in reception between those two wars oh huge hmm. yeah i i think our nation has has resolved the fact that it wasn't a soldier's fault it, you know it was the the higher ups the people in charge they're the ones to blame and i yeah. i i think uh, civilians are putting a lot more respect on the veterans who have served and, and like you i i do believe the younger vets should be involved in these organizations. All right. Well, Bruce, I, I want to thank you so much for taking time to come sit down with the Veterans Club. Um, thank you for your service. And, and thank you for what you continue to do for your community. Well, thank you. Appreciate that. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If you have enjoyed the episode, please click the subscribe button and get notified when new episodes are published. Please take a moment to share these episodes with a friend. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or have something to share with the community, please email info at theveteransclub.org.